This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. And today is Tuesday, and today is the weekly Shiur in Ramban Alo Parsha. This is Ezubek, and this week's Parsha is Parshat Baalotcha. In this week's Parsha in Baalotcha, beginning of Perek Tet, we find the following. By the Ver Adonai and Moshe, Bimidbar Sinai, Bashana Shinit, let's say Tamir at Okay, the second year, it's the first month, beginning of Nisan. There's a special command to do Korban Pesach. On the right date, on the 14th day of this month, Chodesh Nisan, they should do Pesach. And then Moshe Ben tells the Jews to do it. Barishon, and the Jews in fact did it. The question of course is, why do you need a command to fulfill commands? In Sefer Shemot, in Pashat Bo, it says you're supposed to do Korban Pesach. Why did God tell them the second year and you should do the mitzvot that you were taught last year? The Ramban quotes, the uh, opinion of Chazal, the Gemara. The Gemara says, "Ve'aldat Rabotenu lo nhagaba midbar ele b'shana zu bilvad." This parasha comes to tell us that, in fact, this was the only Pesach that the Jews did in the forty years that they were in the midbar. It's a, it's a, it's in the Sifri on, on this Pasuk. And, and, and it's quoted in the Gemara as well. Now, the reason that Chazal give in the Gemara why they didn't do the next 39 years, 38 years worth of Psachim was because they weren't supposed to. Let me explain. Two, two points. One is, the Gemara claims that Berit Mila was not done the time, during the time they were spent in the desert. As is made clear in Yoshua, when Yoshua uh, circumcises all the Jews, and it says because they hadn't done Berit Mila during the previous 39 years. But the Gemara explains why they didn't do the Berit Mila in the 39 years. Not just because in the desert you don't do Berit Mila. It's a health problem, but not because in the desert, but because specifically, the Gemara says, "Lo nashvar lehem ruach tzfonit." Nizufim hayu after the chet. It's not clear which chet, either chet amaraglim or chet egel azahav, the earlier one. But even though God, so to speak, forgave them and allowed them to continue, but the times weren't so good. And give the fact that during the, the desert they need special protection to protect them from the desert climate, which they could have had, but they didn't have. Because they were not in God's favor. And therefore the conditions were in fact very, very harsh. And therefore Al-Pidin, he didn't do Bit Milah, which could be dangerous for the infant. Now, there's a Machloket in the Gemara as to whether or not a person who, not he himself, has a Brit Milah. But he hasn't fulfilled the mitzvah for his children or for his slaves, which is incumbent on the father and the owner. So whether the non 
fulfillment of mitzvat milah for your children or for your slaves prevents you from eating Korban Pesach. The Gemara says, we paskin yes. And since all the people who had children or had slaves, new slaves, did not circumcise them, therefore none of them could eat the Korban Pesach, therefore Korban Pesach was not brought for the next 39 years. There is an opinion that says that it's not true only if you're uncircumcised, you don't eat. But if you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah on someone else who is incumbent upon you, like your child, like your son, then you can, you can eat Korban Pesach, he can't. But this opinion is based on the fact that if you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah of Mila, not just your mitzvah of Mila, but the mitzvah of Mila as applies to you, relating to others, you don't bring... You don't, you don't eat, you don't bring the Korban Pesach. Okay, so that, that's, that's Chazal's opinion. We're going to come back to this opinion, but now the Ramban gives his own opinion, as he's wont to do. Chazal explained one way, the Ramban says, I have another explanation. Yitachen. It's possible. Shehutzrach lemitzvazo. We needed a command here to bring the Pesach on in the first month of the second year. After all, what the Gemara said doesn't explain why God commanded them to do it. It explains the Gemara devised from the fact that it says, and the Jews did Pesach that day, they didn't do any others. But why does the entire Pasha exist? Why was it commanded? Why does God tell them, do the Pesach? Of course they would have done it the first year, they still didn't have this problem of the uncircumcised children. So the man says, We needed a special command to bring the Pesach that day, that year. Says the Ramban, he's making this up. Uh, you shouldn't think this is an, an, a fact that's well known. If you ever quote this, make sure you quote the name of the Ramban. The Ramban says it's possible that the mitzvah of Pesach Dorot, what does the expression Pesach Dorot mean? Supposed to Pesach Mitzrayim. The first year, the very, very first year, the Jews uh, had a Korban Pesach in Egypt. That's a separate, that's a separate parish of the special halachot there. That has no future continuance. It's done only once. Then it's Pesach Dorot. Pesach Dorot is the mitzvah of Korban Pesach. Comment on every Jew every year when the Beit Mikdash is in existence. So the man says, it's possible, שלא נצטרו מתחילה בעשיית פסח דורות אלא בארץ. Claims the man that the mitzvah of Pesach דורות applies only in Eretz Yisrael. You'll say, of course, you need to be the Mikdash. Think for a few seconds, I'll immediately explain why that's not a correct response. Dichtiv, why would I say this? He says, says the man it's it's actually Psukim. Maybe we don't always pay attention to it, but the Psukim are fairly explicit, he says. Psukim Parshat Bo. After Pesach Mitzrayim, it says, When you will come to the land which God is giving you, you will do this procedure, this ritual, in this month. When God brings you to the land of the Canaanite. 
ועכשיו רצה הקדוש ברוך הוא וציווה שיעשו אותו כדי שתהיה זכר גאולתם והניסים שנעשו להם על אבותיהם, נעתק להם מן האבות הרועים לבניהם ובניהם לדור אחר. So he says, therefore, So God said as a special additional commandment, even though it's not Pesach Mitzvahim, and even though it's not Pesach Dovot, you should bring the Koban Pesach anyhow. God wanted them, and He commanded that they should perform the ritual, so that, listen to the man's reasoning, why? There should be a, a remembrance or a sign of their redemption and for the miracles which were done for them and for their forefathers I'm going to try to translate this as best I can. The sign and the memory should be carried over from the fathers who saw, who perceived, perceived what? Perceived the exodus, perceived all the miracles that were done, to their children and to their children's children, generation after generation. So when the mitzvah was given in Parashat Bo, he says, you're surprised when you get out to Israel. To tell us that it does not apply outside of Eretz Israel on a permanent basis. But now he commanded that it should be done in the Midbar. So this one has a very interesting, there are two interesting points here. One he claims is that the mitzvah really only applies in Eretz Israel. Now, it's true that the mitzvah applies only when there's a Beit HaMikdash, but that's not the same as saying it applies only in Eretz Yisrael. Offhand, the mitzvah applies to all Jews in all places. To do it, you have to go to the Beit HaMikdash. Of course, in the Midbar, you wouldn't have to go to the Beit HaMikdash, because in the Midbar, the Beit HaMikdash was with them. That was the Mishkan. So therefore, if it, in fact, if it's not a mitzvah that depends on Eretz Yisrael, there's a halachic category called mitzvot atliyot ba'aretz. Trumot u'masrot, do not apply outside of Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, of course, they weren't done in the Midbar. If they grew something in the desert, in the Sinai Desert, they were not, they didn't tie, they didn't take Trumotu Masat. Now, Kobanot, sacrifices, it's not a mitzvah to about it. The Kobanat Tamid, for instance, the daily sacrifice, morning and afternoon, it has nothing to do with Eretz Yisrael. You need a Beit HaMikdash. So you can't do it outside of Eretz Yisrael. But in fact, during the 40 years when they were in the desert, and they had a Mikdash, they had a sanctuary, the Mishkan, in their midst. So they did it there. It doesn't make a difference. The fact that they're in the desert, they're outside of Eretz Yisrael, in no way uh, limited the performance of this mitzvah. I would have said the same thing is true for Koban Pesach. The question is, one, whether or not individuals if you are living in New York and the Beit HaMikdash is in Yerushalayim, are you supposed to bring a Koban Pesach? Either Pesach Rishon, Pesach Sheni, but you're supposed to bring a Koban Pesach. Go to Eretz Yisrael. That's one possible uh, result of the man saying that it does not apply outside of Eretz Yisrael. And even if he doesn't mean to really do it on an individual basis, as I suspect, 
since the Jews are obligated to do it in Eretz Yisrael, perhaps everyone is obligated even outside. But the Salah so the real difference, the real result is the 40 years before they came to Eretz Yisrael. And all the Jews were in the desert, were they commanded or not? The Ramban says, in principle, not. Now there's another point, which basically negates the first point. But in specifically, yes. Because there's a separate command in which God said to them in the desert, do it. Now I said that it effectively negates it, but it's not really true. Because the man says, it isn't that there was just, oh, I would have thought you're not chayah, because there was this legal hole, legal loophole, God closed it. No, he said it's really a different thing altogether. There's something called Pesach Dorot, and there's something else which he says is, there's a mitzvah of common Pesach. And then there's another mitzvah that was a, a, a temporary measure to bridge the gap between the eyewitnesses, first generation, and the children. God said you should bring a Korban Pesach. It has this very, very specific role. It's not really an obligation like other obligations like the obligation of Pesach Dorot. It's an educational measure in order to bridge the gap between reaction of those who experience something and forming national memories. There's a lot to this Ramban. I want to mention just in comparison very, very famous Ramban which we'll see perhaps in a few months who says that all mitzvot apply deeply, on, on, on a deep philosophic level, mitzvot apply only in Eretz Yisrael. Outside of Eretz Yisrael, you do to keep in shape. So here the man is saying, on a, on, a, on a more firm halachic basis, that technically speaking, Karban Pesach applies only in Eretz Yisrael. In the desert, it wasn't to keep in shape, it was to, but it also was a kind of, it's a different kind of educational purpose. Not to keep in shape, but to add to the Jewish people a cultural, national, historical memory of the miracles of Yitziat Mitzrayim. Now, in fact, it might be more complicated than that, because Rabbi immediately adds, V'aldat Rabotainu lo asu ota elabashana zubilvad. He now, it says, according to the Chazal, I'm going to accept half of what they said. Chazal said it was only done once in the Midbar. Why? Because the next year they had this problem of uncircumcised children. The man says, well, what the Chazal are deriving from the Pasuk that it says, Vayasu et Pesach Barishon, the Pasuk says, and the Jews did Pesach, that apparently is the basis for what Chazal said. They only did it once. He said, I accept that. I accept that uh, uh, reading of the Pasuk. But I apply it to my reason. If it was a mitzvah that applies at all times, of course they should have done it 40 times. Every year. It's like other mitzvahs, like put it on the fill But I say that mitzvah only applies in Eretz Yisrael. There's a separate command to do it in the Midbar. According to Chazal, it makes a lot of sense. That command was to do it only once. The first year, meaning the second year, the first year after they came out, was a crucial year. Because the previous year, they had brought Kabbalah Pesach as part of the experience of leaving Egypt. And now, God told them one more time to do the same thing, to inculcate into the Jewish people the national memory of the Exodus. And once was enough. 
when you get to Eretz Yisrael, you're chayiv in a lot of other mitzvot, you'll be chayiv in mitzvah of Pesach Ledorot as well. Now, let's hear the difference. If this is true, if you can apply the uh, restriction that Chazal derived from this Pasuk to the Raman's Pshad, then the difference between Pesach Dorot and Pesach Midbar is very clear. Pesach Dorot is a mitzvah. Pesach Dorot is a one-time occurrence. Even before that, when the Raman hadn't yet read Chazal into his own explanation, and therefore all 40 years they brought it, but he was very careful to say this, Pesach Dorot and Pesach Midbar. Pesach Dorot is your obligation. Pesach Midbar is education, inculcation, creating memories. And now he says, you know what? <laughs> Once would be enough. The point was that there shouldn't be a period of time where they begin to forget. And therefore, immediately, the very, very first year, therefore we do the same thing in other things as well, that you know, if, you, if something special happens, so the first year afterwards we have a commemoration. After, you don't have to need a commemoration. By doing commemoration once, you're saying, this shall not be forgotten. And now you live it. That's sort of what the Mban is saying, especially when he adds the Chazal to his own interpretation. The first year, the very first year after they left Mitzrayim, in other words, the first year was Nisan when they left. The next Nisan, it's called the Nisan of the second year, but it's the first year that they're commemorating and not living it. It's very important to do a ceremony. Leha'atik, to move, to transfer. Min avot to pass on what's in the heads of those who sought. So they don't need, they don't need commemoration. They live it in their hearts. But your children, they need to have it attached, implanted into their into their memories, into their souls. And therefore, you had this one time exactly like the previous time. As though, in other words, they also will have the living memory of leaving Egypt even though they weren't even though they were too young or they didn't exist yet to remember it. And that was done the very first year after they came out of Mitzrayim. Now, halakhically speaking, this is a very interesting idea. There is no reason in the world under normal halakhic categories why Korban Pesach should be a mitzvah to Ba'aretz. Agricultural laws are connected to Eretz Israel. But Korbanot, sacrifices, they apply to Jews. There's a technical problem that God in another parasha says you can only sacrifice in one place which will be eventually Yerushalayim. But the obligation has nothing to do with Eretz Yisrael. Jews in London, Jews in Johannesburg, Jews in New York are obligated to sacrifice the appropriate sacrifices. Kobanot Sibur and Kobanot Yahid. When the Ramban says that Koban Pesach is only Eretz Yisrael, it's only Koban Pesach. He's drawing a connection between Pesach and Eretz Yisrael, without explaining it. So we have to therefore supply the explanation. What is it about this sacrifice that says that it's only obligatory, it only applies its true nature, Pesach Dorot, the Pesach of permanence, the Pesach of, of Jewish existence, applies only in Eretz Yisrael. 
The answer to this question, I think, is clear. It's so clear that man didn't have to spell it out because he's sure that you figured it out on your own. Pesach is about Geula. It's not about leaving Egypt. There's a famous pasuk in the beginning of Eva says, I will save you, I will take you, I will free you. And then finishes the four Lashonot Gula, then is the fifth Lashon. Veveti. And I will bring you to the land which I promised your fathers. So sometimes we think, okay, that's like, you know, that, that's the ultimate goal. And I'm sure you're all aware of the question as to whether or not there were four Lashonot Gula, five Lashonot Gula. We pass in Allah there only are four. That's why there only are four Kosot and not five Kosot. The fifth Kos was Veveti. Veveti is not part of Pesach. It's the goal, perhaps, of Pesach. And the Mabad is saying, okay, I follow that, but you know, it's not really true. The connection between Eretz Yisrael, between achieving, between redemption, Geula, and Pesach is so strong that if you are living outside of Eretz Yisrael, you're not on the way. It's not like the Jews who are moving. If you're living, if you're not living in Eretz Yisrael, you don't have a mitzvah of Korban Pesach. How can you eat Korban Pesach when you are unredeemed? It's not just about freedom, no Egyptians, no work. Freedom itself is the prelude, the basis, and, and already the beginning of the content of redemption. Freedom and redemption go together. And therefore, Pesach Dovot does not apply You're not free. You're definitely not redeemed, and therefore you're not free. Freedom, celebration of freedom, the, the eating, the, the tasting of freedom. Korban Pesach, you eat it. The tasting of freedom does not apply to the technically non-restricted, economically liberated inhabitants of the world, but only to he who is living behatzrot beit Hashem, who has fulfilled. And I want to remind you, the Ramban we discussed in a number of different circumstances. That Eretzel is God's land and the inhabitants of Eretzel are citizens of God's kingdom. And in Chutzlaretz, you are citizens and residents and subject to the laws of other powers. Not directly in the hands of God. That kind of a person is not obligated and does not eat Korban Pesach. One time there was an exception for the Jews in Midbar, and of course you understand the circumstances are really exceptional. They're not really living in Chutzlah. It's not living in Eretz Yisrael, but they're on the way. Literally on the way. They are marching to Jerusalem. So, technically speaking, they're still, they're, they're, they're exempt. But God wants to make them realize that you, you have to bridge the Egyptian history and the Eretz Israel redemption. And if we told them to do it anyhow, perhaps once, perhaps 40 times. But that's a special circumstances. But in principle, Pesach, the most quintessential holiday, celebration of Jewish identity, so of course it applies in Chutzaz, but Kalman Pesach, the height of the ritual of Pesach, the eating and communion of holy food, 
a sacrifice to God, which then you eat. You assimilate into your body the presence of God. Doesn't apply. Does not apply in Chutzpah. It's a very powerful. Ramban hinted at in simply how you understand this pasuk. The, the not just pasuk. What, what is this pasha all about? Let the Jews perform Pesach. Is it reminding them to do that which they're supposed to do anyhow? Amban says, not at all. There's no reason to be in a Pesach now. The special commandment, which in fact makes it clear to us that the regular commandment does not apply outside of Eretz Yisrael. Okay, Amban continues, uh, returning to the the true opinion of Chazal, which wasn't just that it was only done once, but it was only done once for a particular reason. Sifri says on this Pasuk, and the Jews did the Pesach then, that this Pasuk is, is libelous. This Pasuk is coming to defame the Jews. Because it tells us that they only did this single Pesach and not any others. So the man says to them, why is that defamation? After all, we said that they weren't allowed to do it because they had uncircumcised children. So he says, well, that, that's, that's the, that's the guilt. They're not guilty because not, they didn't mean to come on Pesach. They're guilty because they had Chet Maraglim or Chet Egel, which caused God to be angry. When therefore, Ruach Tzfonit Lo therefore they weren't protected from the elements. And therefore, in fact, halachically they were no longer allowed. The fact that they didn't do the circumcision is itself not a crime, but it's because of a different crime, and therefore, this pasuk that says them they only did it once, which is how we realize that they had this problem for 39 years, and the problem was a direct result of their sins. So this pasuk is basically telling us of their of their guilt, of their faults, and therefore the pasuk is defamatory. Uh, and what, what is the gnut? What is the defamation? The fact that they messed up in the story of the Maraglim. And that's why God was upset at them. And that's why the northern wind didn't blow. That's the expression of Chazal. The sweet wind which drives away the harsh desert uh, winds. And therefore they couldn't do Mila. And therefore they couldn't eat Kachim. Or a second opinion. Maybe they were allowed to eat kachim because circumcision of your children does not prevent you from Korban Pesach. And then it means that they simply didn't do it because they didn't do it. They only did it once and then the next year they just never got around to it. Which would be a much more defamatory thing. They simply neglected the mitzvah. The man says, hmm, that could be, but it doesn't make sense because how could that be? Why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, get them to do it? It doesn't make any sense. Of course, he adds, when I say that Kaman Pesach doesn't apply outside of Israel, I don't mean all of Pesach. Chag Shiva, the holiday of Pesach, and not having Chametz, that of course applies. It wasn't mentioned even in this Pesach. Why? Because of course it applies in the Midbar. It applies every place. Why? Like all Mitzvah, they apply everywhere. So of course, they did that the first year, and the second year, and the third year. But why did the Pesach tell us they did the Kaman Pesach the first year? Because it's not a chovat haguf hanoheget b'chol makom. It's a chovat hatluyah v'aretz, which is in fact the Ramban's actual opinion concerning 
Korban Pesach. This coming to the Ramban, I want to stress, after all, it doesn't really, doesn't really bite us. Why? Because in any way we don't have Korban Pesach. Because there's no Beit HaMikdash. There's no temple on which to sacrifice it. But, but we should be sensitive to the legal categories of the Ramban. There's a huge difference between being obligated in Korban Pesach, but not being able to bring it because there's no Beit HaMikdash. Shibaneh b'meher v'yemenu amen. So we're obligated to do it and we just can't do it. Halakhically speaking, that's called Onesach Manapatri. You're exempt because it's not in your power. That's a completely different situation than one in which I say that those who live in Chutzlaretz or the Jews living in Chutzlaretz, they aren't even obligated in Korban Pesach. Even though Korban Pesach will be brought, they won't eat it. They won't participate in it. So, exper- experientially, practically speaking, you're not losing any more than anyone else. But halachically, there's a difference between being outside of the mitzvah, because it doesn't apply to you, because you're not living lives of gula, and simply being unable. And on that note, we finished Ramban's share today. See you again next week in Pashat B'Shalach Koltov.